0: Welcome to the Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 129, Chatterview with Rachel Thomas. Part 2.
1: So I guess that's the nutshell version of my testimony. Now here I am, I ended up, I've been teaching in private academic schools for my entire adult life. I graduated from Bernard with my BA in mathematics when was in a PhD track for mathematics. And it, it was time for me to take a break from school. Uh, I had enough for an MA. So I took the MA to quote unquote, take a break and get back to it. And we know all know how those things kinds of work. So I was in a year whose first name was 19 and I'm still on my break. Um, <laughs> I, I took a job at, at Lancaster Country Day School as a math teacher, even though I wasn't really qualified for it and found this deep, need among high school students in particular and academically minded, college bound high school students that were experiencing the same things that I had been experiencing when I was that age and I couldn't name it. You know, I didn't know what I was missing, but I knew that I was missing something. Uh, And it's kind of been my mission field ever since. So I went from Leicester Country Day School. I was there for 10 years. Then when my children were school aged, we switched to Hershey Christian School, which felt like a better fit for them. And then that merged with Lancaster Mennonite School and now campus at Lancaster Mennonite School. And wherever I go, I find this just huge mission opportunity to reach people with the 100% faith in God, as the Bible tells us about, you know, like we we don't have to compromise either one of those things. We don't have to compromise academics and we don't have to compromise our faith. They exist together. And let me tell you about it, you know.
0: I do have one question to sort of move us backwards. I'm interested in how, since you came first, I assume you came to Christ first, what happened to your dad? Because being from the academic community, your dad came to Christ too. How did that come about? I'm sorry, you froze there for a minute. Are we talking about my
1: dad? Yeah, I was (laughs) just sort of curious. No, 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 that's fine. So my dad actually came from a more solid faith background. My grandparents were strong believers, which I see in hindsight, but he had been drafted and went to Vietnam. And that was a troubling experience for him, blah, blah, blah. But when he was baptized, his testimony standing there in the water talking about how he came to Christ, and I had never heard these stories before, he said that he probably knew Jesus as a child. Mm. You know, he probably had made that decision, but just had walked away and through things he had seen and things he thought. Yeah, it's walked away from that, but then was reinvigorated mm-hmm. and kind of his faith was reanimated, if you will, when we okay. were reading through the Bible, and he could okay. reconcile the smart thing with the God thing. Yeah, okay, you know, that's yeah. kind
0: of like John. Yeah, that that was like me too. Yeah. I was as a as five, away. six, seven years old, I accepted Christ, and mm-hmm. then walked away. Walked away in college after Bible college, actually five years for twenty-five years. Yeah, yeah. I, I called myself well, an atheist. You
2: you didn't get saved. La- the last couple of years, you yeah, were saying, no, I, you right. came back.
0: <laughs> A lot of the people at church, I mean, I came, came to the church that Jenny was at and I told them I was an atheist. And so they tried to like convert me to Christ. I said, <laughs> you can't do that. I, <laughs> it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jenny said, no, you don't understand. He already does. He just doesn't. He doesn't understand himself. He's too stupid. Mm-hmm. She, no, didn't I didn't that. That. <laughs> she didn't say that. She didn't say that. She never says that. But I say that because it, it was, it was a period of 25 years of turning away from truth or, or finding my way back to truth in a more vigorous mm-hmm. and real way. So, uh let's see here. I'm looking over the testimony that you sent. You mentioned that the Bible, when you first opened it, was mm-hmm. quite confusing. So mm-hmm. how did that, like that first initial approach affect you? And what was it that, in the Bible, affected you most deeply?
1: Yeah, so the the first couple chapters of Genesis, I'm approaching this like it's going to be Canterbury Tales or Beowulf or something, right? This is just an ancient text, and it's a story. But it's different. It's so different than those things. uh, Not the least of reasons is because it's written by so many different human authors. So. But different books sound very different you know you read all the the tales in the canterbury tales they are all kind of similar right mm-hmm. all the same guy just different stories and or even the old like the iliad and the odyssey and all of those things they're so so similar even though we're different written by different human authors they had very similar themes but even genesis exodus and numbers for example like they read very differently they have different emphases mm-hmm. Uh, throw Job in there and got a whole other, it it surprised me with how different everything was uh, where I couldn't just say, all right, I've understood this first chapter of this first book. Now it's going to be the same thing with different characters. It wasn't that. Uh, And some of the stuff I just read through, like, okay, yeah, Seth begat this guy who begat that guy, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, But I was looking for some things like I'm a numbers person. I'm a math person. Uh, When we get to the building of the tabernacle, I thought they had their math wrong. And I was like, this confirms everything I've always learned. People who do the Bible aren't smart enough to know anything else. And the tabernacle is actually two squares. And if you know anything about like even even architecture in that day or the, the architecture and we're looking for the golden mean 1.618 right length to width ratio 1.618 you can see it all over the pyramids in Egypt like that's the number that we're looking for in those measurements and it wasn't there it was two squares and everything was square the the curtains in the tabernacle were square the altar was square and it it was wrong and i thought mm, these guys are dumb it's wrong but then i got to the ark of the covenant the Ark of the Covenant has one set of dimensions that's square and one set of the dimensions that's golden, one point six one eight. I thought, oh, well, that's interesting, because maybe, maybe they did know about the golden mean. You know, like why would if they ever, if everything was just they were making it squares because that was simple. And that was easy to understand. Then why would they have put the 1.618 in there? Why was that one five by three or whatever the dimensions were? Uh, And then I went back and I looked at some other things. And the, the altar is actually square in one dimension and golden in another dimension. And the temple is actually two squares. So now I'm looking for numbers, right? So now I go back and I look at some more numbers and I find this fun pattern that a lot of people don't point out because who cares about them? <laughs> the, those parts of the Bible are the ones that everybody reads through and is like, yeah, and then there's some numbers mm-hmm. and then then we get to another story and then this guy goes <laughs> on this quest. Okay, But the divine things are all square where God is are squares even the altar and the ark of the covenant like one of those dimensions is square and then where human things are the dimensions are golden or it's fibonacci numbers and and that's what i understand yeah. right here in this earth yeah. all of the numbers are fibonacci number all of the ratios you can if you're not looking at the video I don't see me curling my fist there but right yeah. like my fist curls up because the ratio of the lengths of my finger are in golden ratios and that's why yeah. things work the way trees branch or the way flowers petal or whatever like things work in this world because they have those numbers but the God numbers, the divine things, weren't those. They were square. That is interesting. It's so yeah. interesting,
2: that's right?
1: Amazing. Oh, and I could go if you had forever. Mm-hmm. I could talk about it forever. <laughs> Do You have places to go to read about it,
2: articles and research, and
1: I d- I don't. Other than mm-hmm. things that's that, I've that needs to be that...
2: okay, yeah, I would no, love to read what only, you have, I have.
1: Then no idea how deep it yeah. goes because yeah. the. Um, I Here, think here's I do version. know how i is learning all <laughs> oh, Yeah, right? Okay, and then this, so there's this thing called mnemonic growth, G-N-O-M-O-N-I-C, like gnomons, when, when you have a shape that grows on itself, kind of like a tree grows as a little sapling, and then the next part of the tree grows outside that and outside that, so you add on, or like shells like a a chambered nautilus. little organism is in there and then it makes the next chamber and the next chamber. Okay. So lots of things in nature grow this way mnemonically. Um, And the the ending shape. Yeah, right. Exactly. Very much related to fractals. Oh my word. We will not even talk about how God is represented in fractals in the Bible. That'll be a whole other infinity time that you want me to uh, talk So when when something grows mnemonically, the ending shape has to be similar, like mathematically similar, the same ratios to the original shape. So some shapes, it's hard to me, me explain without drawing it. Some shapes, like a triangle, I could add another triangle onto the side and it would like tilt and it would be similar to itself, right? By adding, or a rectangle. If I have a rectangle like this, I can add a bigger rectangle down here and make the whole big thing similar to the original. It turns out, and this is a very well-known fact in mathematics, that the that golden ratio, that 1.618, 1 plus the square root of 5 over 2, this number that's all over human-made things and natural things in this world, this number is everywhere. The dimensions of that rectangle, they are the rectangle whose mnemonic complement, mm-hmm. like the thing that you add to it to make it similar to itself, the part that's missing is a square. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, right. So things in this world, this number, this 1.618, which is like this mysterious, why is it everywhere? I don't know. I'll tell you why it's everywhere. Right. It's, it's everywhere because the, it's the shape, it's the number, the dimension, the ratio that is missing its square part. Yeah. So the heavens declare the glory of God. (laughs) Or, you know, like that no man is without excuse. It's not just, well, the heavens are big, so God is big Mm -hmm. and everything. No, that Or like who has measured the earth, asks Job. Not just like how big it is, but the actual measurement, this number that controls everything from the trees that I see to the way my bones come together to Mm -hmm. literally my DNA. The length to width ratio of one cycle of your DNA is 1.618. So down to our very core, this number that controls us. is the number that is showing it's completed by something square
2: right and it's in it's in there it's every it's in in, in there
1: yeah and that square is the lord that square is god all of the divine things were square the if you read in revelation the new jerusalem everything's square the city is laid out like a square right (laughs) the temple squares the altar heart square part human the Ark of the Covenant, part square, part human. Again, like mind blowing. These yeah. things are like illustrating for us. It's in Scripture, and it's not in Scripture. I mean,
0: and it's the Scripture itself is yeah. God, part human, because the yep. human authors. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you know that there's exactly one number that is both Fibonacci and square? Huh. It's 144.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we were just it's, reading about yeah, we're, we're just running through Revelation right yeah. now. Yeah.
1: It doesn't surprise me in the least. When that that was one of the things that really got me. That I was like, oh my gosh, there's only one number that's both, and it's twelve squared. Okay. okay. I'm thinking (laughs) for him who has wisdom to understand,
2: God invites. Yeah, God invites us to understand. You know, and mm -hmm. it's a
0: number. Let him calculate the number. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's that's Mm -hmm. interesting. (laughs) Amazing. You're talking. I mean, Jenny is uh, of the two of us, the mathematician. So you're okay. speaking more her language that, than mine. Not, that, not like you
2: are. <laughs> to learn what you have. Oh my word, I would love to. See yeah, if you have stuff it, written, yeah. love because to I see cannot it. I cannot find when you look for stuff showing God, you know, in all yeah. of in math and in all of stuff, it's always stuff to show you know, proving, you know, like the, the Christian way right. It, it never goes any deeper. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And it's mm-hmm. like I'm trying to find stuff, I can barely find anything. Yeah, we're kind of yeah. frustrated yeah. right yeah. now with
0: the Christian community because it, it's leaving us high and dry. Yeah. It's just like there's nothing. Mm-hmm. To, I don't want to read another book by Paul Tripp or I any. Mean, th- those or, things are kind yeah. of just this little surface it's stuff Yeah, like
1: yeah, boring. <laughs> yep, and and um, when you find somebody, so a a lot of I love Benoit Mandelbrot. He was um, a mathematician from Poland in. Uh, mid of the 20th century, right? He's no longer oh, living. Set. He died about 10 years ago. Uh, but the Mandelbrot set, if you're familiar yeah. with fractals, like that was named after him. He's the guy who actually came up with the, the word fractal. A yeah. lot of his early research was about the placement of the stars in the universe oh, and no. the pattern that they followed. And yeah, well, unsurprisingly, and like that's another rabbit trail you can go down. All the scriptures about stars and how they line up with Mandelbrot's research about like the actual placement of the star. It's not random. They're not randomly put up there. And a lot of what his research said basically confirms that God placed the stars there in this fractal pattern that we see elsewhere. It's the same as like the Cantor sheds all over the place in mathematics. You can't find that research. If you look up Mandelbrot's star research, you see one word that he said and then 10 other people who took that one word that he said and use it to talk about the big bang or something but you yeah. you can't find it which is super frustrating and yeah. i'm not talking about just from the, you know the uh,
2: the atheist side i'm talking about even from the christian side it seems like mm-hmm. we have so much that we can like what you're what you're what you found and mm-hmm. and it's not out there i'm trying to find it i just can't find anything yeah, have
0: <laughs> have we as a church like decided to abandon the intellect I, I don't know <laughs> oh man yeah it's frustrating it's frustrating, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. I, and I'm we're not the only ones that feel it I have another friend that I talk to too that is like where do I find a church that I can actually be fed instead yeah. of just you know sitting each Sunday in the church view and getting a salvation message I'm <laughs> not that that's not important <laughs> yeah. but it's like right? I want something more mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I feel you 100% I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it, too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.